0: Day four, the fifth story of the Decameron. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by J. C. Guan. The Decameron by Giovanni Boccaccio. Translated by J. M. Regg. Day four, the fifth story. Lisabetta's brothers slay her lover. He appears to her in a dream and shows her where he is buried she privately disinters the head and sets it in a pot of basil whereupon she daily weeps a great while the pot being taken from her by her brothers she dies not long after elisa's story ended the king bestowed a few words of praise upon it and then laid the burden of discourse upon philomena who full of compassion for the woes of gerbino and his lady heaved a piteous sigh and thus began My story, gracious ladies, will not be of folk of so high a rank as those of whom Elisa has told us, but perchance twill not be less touching. Tis brought to my mind by the recent mention of Messina, where the matter befell. Know then that there were at Messina three young men, that were brothers and merchants, who were left very rich on the death of their father, who was of San and they had a sister, Lisabetta by name, a girl fair enough, and no less a debonair, but whom, for some reason or another, they had not as yet bestowed in marriage. The three brothers had also in their shop a young pison, Lorenzo by name, who managed all their affairs, and who was so goodly of person and gallant that Lisabetta bestowed many a glance upon him, and began to regard him with extraordinary favour, which Lorenzo, marking from time to time, gave up all his other amours, and in like manner began to affect her. And so, their loves being equal, "'twas not long before they took heart of grace, and did that which each most desired. Wherein, continuing to their no small mutual solace and delight, they neglected to order it with due secrecy, whereby one night, as Lisabetta was going to Lorenzo's room, she, all unwittingly, was observed by the eldest of the brothers, who, albeit much distressed by what he had learned, yet, being a young man of discretion, was swayed by considerations more seemly, and, allowing no word to escape, spent the night in turning the affair over in his mind in divers ways. On the morning, he told his brothers that which, touching Lisabetta and Lorenzo, he had observed in the night, which, that no shame might thence ensue either to them or to their sister, they, after long consultation, determined to pass over in silence, making as if they had seen or heard naught thereof, until such time as they, in a safe and convenient manner, might banish this disgrace from their sight, before it could go further. Adhering to which purpose, they jested and laughed with Lorenzo, as they had been wont, and after a while, pretending that they were all three going forth of the city on pleasure, they took Lorenzo with them, and being come to a remote and very lonely spot, seeing that was apt for their design, they took Lorenzo, who was completely off his guard, and slew him, and buried him on such wise that none was aware of it. On their return to Messina, they gave out that they had sent him away on business, which was readily believed, because t'was what they had been frequently used to do. But as Lorenzo did not return, and Lisabetta questioned the brothers about him with great frequency and urgency, being sorely grieved by his long absence, it so befell that one day, when she was very pressing in their inquiries, one of the brothers said, "'What means this? What means this? What hast thou to do with Lorenzo, that thou shouldst ask about him so often? Ask us no more,' or we will give thee such answer as thou deservest. So the girl, sick at heart and sorrowful, fearing she knew not what, asked no questions, but many a time at night she called piteously to him, and besought him to come to her, and bewailed his long tearing with many a tear, and ever yearning for his return, languished in total dejection. But so it was, that one night, when, after long weeping that her Lorenzo came not back, she had at last fallen asleep. Lorenzo appeared to her in a dream, wan and in utter disarray, his clothes torn to shreds and sodden, and thus, as she thought, he spoke. Lizabetta, thou dost not but call me, and vex thyself for my long tarrying, and bitterly upbraid me with thy tears, wherefore be it known to thee that return to thee I may not, because the last day that thou didst see me, thy brother slew me. After which he described the place where they had buried him, told her to call and expect him no more, and vanished. The girl then awoke, and doubting not that the vision was true, wept bitterly, and when morning came, and she was risen, not daring to say aught to her brothers, she resolved to go to the place indicated in the vision, and see— if what she had dreamed were even as it appeared to her. So, having leave to go a little way out of the city for recreation in company of a maid that had at one time lived with them, and knew all that she did, she hied her thither with all speed, and having removed the dry leaves that were strewn about the place, she began to dig where the earth seemed least hard. Nor had she dug long before she found the body of her hapless lover, whereon, as yet— there was no trace of corruption or decay, and thus she saw without any manner of doubt that her vision was true. And so, saddest of women, knowing that she might not bewail him there, she would gladly, if she could, have carried away the body and given it more honourable sepulture elsewhere. But, as she might not do so, she took a knife, and as best she could, severed the head from the trunk, and wrapped it in a napkin, and laid it in the lap of her maid, and having covered the rest of the corpse with earth, she left the spot, having been seen by none, and went home. There she shut herself up in her room with the head, and kissed it a thousand times in every part, and wept long and bitterly over it, till she had bathed it in her tears. She then wrapped it in a piece of fine cloth, and set it in a large and beautiful pot of the source in which margarine or basil is planted, and covered it with earth, and therein planted some roots of the goodliest basil of Salerno, and drenched them only with her tears, or water perfumed with roses or orange-blossoms. And twas her wont ever to sit beside this spot, and all her soul one yearning to pour upon it, as that which enshrined her Lorenzo, and when long time she had so done, she would bend over it, and weep a great while until the basil was quite bathed in her tears fostered with such constant unremitting care and nourished by the richness given to the soil by the decaying head that lay therein the basil burgeoned out in exceeding great beauty and fragrance and the girl persevering ever in this way of life the neighbors from time to time took note of it and when her brothers marvelled to see her beauty ruined and her eyes as it were vanished from her head they told them of it, saying, We have observed that such is her daily want, whereupon the brothers, marking her behaviour, tried her therefore once or twice, and as she heeded them not, caused the pot to be taken privily from her, which, so soon as she missed it, she demanded with the utmost instance and insistence, and, as they gave it not back to her, ceased not to wail and weep, insomuch as she fell sick nor in her sickness craved she aught but the pot of basil. Whereat the young men, marvelling mightily, resolved to see what the pot might contain, and having removed the earth, they espied the cloth, and therein the head, which was not yet so decayed, but that by the curled locks they knew it for Lorenzo's head. Passing strange they found it, and fearing lest it should be bruited abroad, they buried the head, and, with as little said as might be, took order of their privy departure from Messina, and hied them thence to Naples. The girl ceased not to weep and crave her pot, and so weeping died. Such was the end of her disastrous love, but not a few in course of time coming to know the truth of the affair. There was one that made the song that is still sung to wit. A thief he was, I swear, a sorry Christian he, that took my basil of Salerno fair. Etc. End of day four, the fifth story.